Welcome to Kickback, ladies and gentlemen. Big shout out to all the newcomers and props to all the day one listeners. I hope you've been enjoying the journey. And if you're not, feel free to blame the guests. And speaking of which, today should be a lot of fun. He's a teammate of mine with an English soul, an American mind, and an old man's body. He is Luke Mulholland, and I'm delighted to have him here. Hello, Luke. Hello. <laughs> Great I, intro. Thank you, mate. I worked, I worked really hard on that one. Really, uh, really hard. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I got to sleep in today, so I'm feeling a little Did you? a little younger than 31. What time, what, <laughs> what time is the sleeping for you now? Eight. Eight? Yeah. Oh, that's decent. That's decent. Just you wait till you have kids when you're older, Paul. Yeah, what, but what time are you at? Um... My eldest tends to come in any time between like six and seven. And be like, oh, daddy, I just want to cuddle, dad. I'm like, oh, <laughs> cool, yeah. I just want sleep, but you know, you can't always get what you want. But yeah, you, you'll see in time. It's, it's good fun now. So a backstory about Luke. When I first moved to uh, Salt Lake, he was essentially the first person that I was speaking to within the dressing room. Like I was a bit nerdy and looked up who was on the roster. And obviously I was drawn towards the people that were from the north of England, which we happened to have two of at the time. It was yourself and Adam Henley. Yep. But yeah, when I first made it here, he was very, very good to me, teaching me about the place and what it's like to play in America straight away, which definitely helps because for the first time in my career, I was a foreigner as such, even in a place which speak the same language as me. And to be honest, it made a big difference. It helped me settle down because I was by myself. My family wasn't here. And you know, it made me realize it's one of those things where life is good when good people are in it for you and you were one of the good people who was sharing the time and you know I, I basically loved the place from the minute I got here when it could have been a lot harder so that's all the praise I'm going to give you for today <laughs> and now I need an explanation for you go on so you are from Preston in the UK it's well how far from Manchester would you say it's like an hour or something yeah 45 minutes to an hour yeah you're 31 years of age as you've said and you spent 12 years in the USA yes how did that even happen? That's not a normal thing. How did this begin? And how are you here? Yeah, the road less travelled. Yeah, tell me more <laughs> about it. Um, I was one of those street footballers back home that never, never really made it to the the professional team or never really got in with an academy. So I was just playing locally for you know your Sunday league team, and um, I guess the highest level I got to was playing for my. Uh, local college, Preston College, and then for the county team, Lancashire. Okay. But, uh, yeah, I think I was always just overlooked and um, always just just uh, maybe unlucky or just not good enough at that moment in time. So the next best option for me was um, to either play semi-professional football down in the North Conference for Lancaster City. That's who I was with. That was the last team I was with before I um, decided to make the move out to the U.S., and um, you say you decided to make the move out to the US, but how does that happen? Because I've not, aside from yourself and maybe one other person, I've not heard of anyone that even considers that as an option to play football. Yeah. Like how does that? How does that happen? Who do you speak to? Do you get the call or do you call them? Like how does that work? Um, no, it, it came about. It came on my radar by through the actual Preston College. Um, through their academy, they had an annual trip to America okay. where they would go. They would go to like San Diego just for just for a holiday, and then the the second week of the of the holiday they played in um, a tournament in Phoenix called the President's Day tournament. Okay. And they used that as a kind of like a showcase to, um, I guess get the lads, get some of the lads out to America, uh, just on a on a football scholarship. So when I got my first taste of that, when I was my, in my first year, uh, sixteen, I think that's when I I started thinking like, oh, you know, America's 
pretty decent. <laughs> a little, a little uh, San Diego and Phoenix was definitely. It's not the worst place. To uh, yeah, I'd say a bit better than Preston at the time. So yeah, a bit um, warmer, a bit warmer. You can yeah. say maybe a bit drier as well. Yeah, so I ended up doing that trip three times: sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, and then after my third year of college and whatnot, I had enough built up like a big enough um, brand and had a few options to come out to America and just ended up going with the the university that had offered me the the best like financial package. Okay. Uh, f- for a second, uh, I thought you said financial package, like you were being paid, but obviously that's just tuition because NCAA yeah, people don't get paid. Yeah, it? scholarship. So I won't cause any controversy. Yeah, <laughs> and just reveal what's exactly. actually going on. Exactly. But that it, because I played for Lancaster City in the North Conference, yeah. and even though I didn't sign a contract, I got expenses just for like travel expenses. That yeah. ended up being an issue for me and ended up missing like first maybe five or six games of the season when it came out just because it was under investigation really right that's ncaa being the ncaa is that yeah okay say no more um when what how old were you when you actually played your first professional game like as a real pro not semi-pro or a student like as a pro yes i would have been 19 22 22 yeah yeah it's not too bad for especially for a that's still relatively young you could say yeah but like i say i was yeah so I had the two options of I was in North Conference at 17 mm-hmm. and I could have either tried to work my way up the up the, the ladder, up the ladder up the footballing, or, the footballing pyramid. or come out to America my, my mindset was when I was going out to America wasn't to come out here and stay out here Okay, it was a four year university free, free education then come back to England with basically a university degree and see what I can do with that Okay, so for the years that you've been here now, which have been plenty, yeah, um, it's fair to say that the way that the game is perceived, played, and just basically run has changed quite a lot. Would you agree with that? Yeah. Because you told me a story, even when you first came to RSL, where you were like jumping over fences and stuff to try and get to certain places. I think is that is that right? <laughs> is that, yeah, you... yeah. No, that's the the league has come a long way, but I think that's also just because of um, personnel as well. Okay. Just you know, obviously, as as the years are changing, every every year you're just as an organization and a league, you're just trying to get better. And when you are bringing in guys on trial and whatnot, it's I think it's important to show them, um, obviously, the utmost respect and and just be a just be a good host because when people then speak to those people and they they talk about how your experience was at RSL, then you're gonna you're gonna judge them off of how they treat you. So, so what was your can you share with people what that first experience was for you as a trialist coming to RSL? Yeah, I mean, when I first got here, um, I got we got dropped off in the apartment uh, complex. Um, so we got in town maybe two or three days before we had to leave again to go to warmer climate for pre-season. So it was myself and I believe five other guys that were on trial. And we got dropped off at a, like a two-bedroom apartment Decent. between between the six of us and um yeah no no rental car as well and this was like before uber was um okay. before uber was a thing so uh, that kind of that was a, a bit of an issue just because um we had to jump over train tracks just to get to like a walmart and a subway decent <laughs> this, see, that's the bit that's the bit which i want you to talk about that's that's like yeah that's good fun but obviously it has progressed over there since then and i wouldn't say the league is say at its peak level now but it definitely feels like it has improved, even from the way that I would have consumed it. So a few years ago, back in England, like I'd watch games, 
but even the amount of games I could watch or the standard of the games, say the standard of the clubs, and it's, it's it feels like it is getting a lot better and it has its flaws. But at the end of the day, it's, a, it's another league that provides an opportunity for people to have a career. Whereas at times, you could argue with other leagues and things like that, and maybe to the MLS to a certain extent when it first began, like the career that you were having then isn't really one which people are having now, if you get where I'm coming from. Mm-hmm. Like it almost feels maybe it was more hobby-like with somebody as opposed to now where this is your career. You take this seriously because this is where you'll make your money. Yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah, you asked me when I played my first professional game, but when did I first feel like a professional? Feel like a professional was probably once I'd saved up enough money to buy my first house and, you know. Yeah, I can see that. But anyway, enough of this. Actually, no, no, no. I was going to jump to something, but I'm not going to. So you've been around (laughs) in this league long enough to answer this question and I think to have an answer which yeah. will make sense played in every league yeah you have yeah you're a proper American. league, league <laughs> gypsy or whatever but <laughs> who who's the best player do you think that's existed within the MLS that you've seen and who's the best that you've played with the like I'm talking not so obviously someone like Sierra Henry played here yep I play against him well, just drop that one in anyway. But yeah, but he wasn't like Thierry Henry from a few years previous. Even though he was a great player, he still wasn't that person. So who do you reckon the best has been that you've seen, as I said, and who you've played with? Yeah. Um, I think the best player that has come to the league and been successful is probably, what I would say, Giovinco for Toronto. I think he's a couple of years. He was special, were they? Yeah. Like, but, I mean, he'd just make the highlights tape every... Every week on on the MLS, just with his free kicks or whatever, it was yeah he was he was on a tear. The good thing for me was that every time we played Toronto, he never yeah, he never right. he never scored. I would never score. So we we kept him quiet. And when I say we, I mean the defenders, and <laughs> the, and the goalkeepers. Yeah, he, he did he did have quite a highlight reel because this is something which I would be seeing while I was in England, and I did wonder to a certain extent. Like I was surprised he came over when he did, but that kind of set the tone then because then you have an equivalent. Well, technical equivalent now with someone like Carlos Vela, who's playing, who's who isn't that old, relatively speaking, and he's at the peak of his powers, and he's in this league now. Yeah, you know, and he seems going forward like there'll be more people like that who will come over and experience a peak here instead of experiencing it elsewhere, and then coming here and you know provide obviously providing a service and whatever, but you know again delivering something a bit different because there is something you can have the best player in the world, and if you do get them in, it's great to have them there. But to get them when they are at their best, yeah, definitely. That's something that grows. That for me, that's something that grows a league. Really, it's not necessarily about the name; it's about the nature of the name and where they stand within their career. Yeah, I think slowly but surely, the like I said, that that age that when those elite players are coming over is starting to starting to wind back yeah. by a year or two. Um, like I say, I think with the the MLS, the closest comparison, in my opinion, of like the major. The major leagues back home, back in Europe, I'd, I'd say this similarities the Syria to the MLS. I don't think we're MLS is at the Syria level, but I think just because of the 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 wage and just the the style of play, I think that's the the closest comparison. I think that's maybe why Giovinco did well when he came over. Yeah, that's he fair. came. I think he came from Inter. Yeah, uh, Juventus. I think it would have been, but. I think one thing the league is missing, which will come in time because it does require time, is, yeah. is clubs with their history. Like some of those Italian clubs, they're like, yeah. the history behind them is incredible. And that, in some ways, is what drives certain players to want to play for certain teams, regardless of whether they're doing well or they're doing badly and so on. In the same way, 
when Juventus were relegated to Serie B, they still managed to keep loads of players and bring in lots of other players as well because that team there, that football club has the history, the heritage and all that stuff and something people want to be a part of. So obviously that I think that will come in time with the MLS and with this next um, collective bargaining agreement, is it? Is that yeah. what you call it? Yeah, but I was about to say every every CBA, which is every four to five years, you're, you're just getting the... You're working, chipping away slowly towards, like I said, perfecting, perfecting the league. The league, and obviously you got all these European clubs that are been around for a hundred years. So that this this is um, like a good model to, good model to use. And slowly, slowly but surely, the MLS will get there. But you got to remember that it wasn't too many, uh, too long ago that the MLS, not the MLS, the the American Soccer League folded. Yeah. So I think they want to. I think they want to make sure that they they make the right steps and slowly but surely build a build a solid uh, league out here. And you're part of the committee, aren't you? Yeah. And I voted for you. You did, and you got me in by one vote. So get it right. <laughs> no pressure. Um, so anyway, enough of this small talk. I can finally get to the point now. You have a guilty pleasure. Multiple. <laughs> well, you've multiple, yeah. But the really big, clear and obvious one, except for today, the fact that you're wearing the Preston uh, North End top, is yeah. the fact that you're a Liverpool fan. Mm-hmm. Um, like, why? Why are you a Liverpool fan? How do why choose to do that to yourself, <laughs> especially with this generation where you know they have the European history, but they don't really have any sort of domestic history as such, like true domestic history. What what are you doing? Yeah, I mean, yeah, today I'm wearing a Preston shirt just because they they're actually on ESPN Plus today by, oh, by chance, so. so they're home to Stoke City. So I'll be watching that later on. Forget today. Preston, we're talking Liverpool, my friend. We're yeah, um, from a young age, I actually was uh, a Preston fan. But then I started getting to that age where Preston kept breaking my heart. <laughs> that was my local team, and then obviously I I was very into very into football, very into the Premier League, collecting my stickers for the the sticker book album, and Liverpool was just in my in my family as well. And um, just from a just from a young age, I kind of fell in love with certain players and which ones. Um, so when I was younger, I used to be more of an attacker. So I used to like uh, Michael Owen. Okay. Obviously, that's not super. That's fair. Super long time ago, but um, yeah. Um, Owen was just a goal scorer for me. You preferred Owen to Fowler. Yeah. Really. Yeah. I liked Fowler's celebrations from time to time, but whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold on. <laughs> which, which ones do you speak of? Which ones do you speak of, Luke? Just the handstands and stuff. Oh, right, okay. None of the crawling down lines or anything like that. Though. No, not at all. No. Uh, okay. Uh, so it's funny. I played with Robbie Fowler actually. That's I played with him at Man City. It yeah. wasn't at his peak, but oh, what a finisher he was, by the way. Yeah. As as good as I've seen. Um, so Luke last year, obviously being a Liverpool fan, he put us in a situation where we were constantly having this back and forth as the season was progressing because it was the year when Manchester City and Liverpool basically went head to head for the Premier League title. Yeah. Arguably the best race ever in the Premier League. Yeah, I'd say the closest head to head one. Oh, no, they've been closer because like Manchester, people, yeah, City and United had the thing yeah. in 2012. Like a, oh, the best terms, one since then. <laughs> yeah, they're talking about the best one in terms of total points. Yeah, I mean, both teams were uh, incredible. Yeah. I think they um, both deserve to win, personally. So, Luke, <laughs> for his, Luke has shown some of his like Americanisms here because of a, on a week-to-week basis, if Liverpool were on TV, he would wear a Liverpool shirt, which is fine over here. But back in England, as a professional player, you don't really wear the shirt of any other team. <laughs> you barely wear your shirt, except if it's for a game day. So initially, I was like, this guy's pretty weird. 
<laughs> but I was like, it's cool. This is the culture over here. You can get away with it. So he was doing it. And the season began. City did well. Liverpool did well. City did well. City fell off. Liverpool rose. It's yeah. stressful. It's stressful because for as much as you're a nice guy, I don't like it when you're right. Like, I don't like it. It pains me so, so much. But things were going on. Things were going on. Things were going on. Liverpool are unlucky to um, lose the title, but they win the Champions League. Yeah. So you as a Liverpool fan, would you rather have won the Champions League or the league? <laughs> as a Liverpool fan, I'm very happy that we've won the Champions League six times now. Oh, did you see all six of them? No. Okay, so get to the point then. Would you rather win the Champions <laughs> League or the league? You know what? I'm not going to stress too much about it because I'm pretty sure, confident that we, I will see Liverpool lift the um, Premiership trophy in my lifetime. <laughs> so. Answer the question. Answer the question. Answer the question. Yeah. No, I think I think uh, definitely would have liked to like to have seen um, Liverpool win the Prem, but then I'm I've just got to take my hat off to Man City. Like yeah. they were. They were incredible. They had an incredible season, and even though Liverpool only lost one game, which is incredible itself, yeah. Yeah, like take my hat off to Man City. Well done. <laughs> it's like you're saying it to me. I didn't do anything. <laughs> I didn't do anything at all. Oh, well, when Liverpool win, it's, it's we. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. No, it was. It was. A, that was a great season. That's probably one of, been one of my favourites, but only at the end, because it was very stressful when City seemed to be falling further and further behind. And you know, even though I'm not there anymore, I'm I'm, I'm a blue. Like yeah, came through the academy. I am a blue. Like I can't help it. It pains me sometimes. And they always seem to play Liverpool. Play first, and then yeah. Man City run catch up. So even though you almost feeling the pressure of like the games yeah. as if you were playing it yourself, and it was more annoying as well because I was playing the fantasy football as well, <laughs> and I'd I would always have players in both teams. So you know, one I'm seeing Mane score for Liverpool, yeah. and it's kind of making me happy, but stressing me out at the same time. Whereas with City, I'm like, oh, I've got this guy, but he's not doing this and he's not doing that. He's yeah. Well, so you give me, you give me a hard time for wearing a Liverpool shirt. Yes. But then you got all these, you got all these um, footballers back home that do the, do the fantasy team. Yeah. So you could be playing one weekend mm. and then wanting, and the same weekend you're wanting some of the lads to have a concede concede or score a goal or keep a clean sheet and all that stuff and that's why I personally got away from fantasy football because there was times where I was in a pickle where Liverpool were playing a certain team and it's like I needed both players yeah. both teams both players to do well yeah. so I was like no I don't want to be cheering against yeah. my that, own team last season <laughs> was my first season playing fantasy football and in the head to head version and it caused me so much stress that I decided to not do it this year yeah. I couldn't cope I was like I'm, but I'm a genius manager so <laughs> surely this is the right thing to do and you get that's when you realise the game itself you can't predict it Things that should happen just won't happen, and so on. Like, the, say for example, uh, one of my friends is still playing it, and last weekend, last Premier League weekend, uh, was the one where Timu Puki scored a hat trick for Norwich City. Yeah. Yep. And it just so happened that the person who had the top score for all the fantasy football last weekend did a triple captain move on Timu Puki. <laughs> but who on this planet, except for this guy, would think that Timu Puki is a person to triple captain in his maybe second game in the Premier League, playing for a team which is fancy to go down? Yeah, I mean, it's I'm chaos. Sure, I'm sure some Norwich Norwich fans did that, you know, just for the it's chaos first game home game of the season. It's, but it's that absolute is absolute chaos. Yeah, and it's really stressful. He should get the England job. <laughs> I don't know about that. Actually, do you know? For a second, I forgot if England actually still had manager, but they do, don't they? Is it is it Gareth? <laughs> is it Gareth? Is it Gareth? Yeah. Um, 
so yeah, this Liverpool thing, this will this back and forth continues throughout this season, and I hope that yet again at the end of the season you're disappointed because that makes me happy. Yeah, but, I, I just hope more teams kind of like chip in as well. Oh, we I go. don't want all the focus here on just go. Man City and Liverpool and everyone saying, oh, like Liverpool need to be keeping up to it's like no the, the top six teams need to help out who's it well you say the top six we don't even know who the six are anymore the way things are going but who's um what's the bigger game for liverpool still is it united or is it city now me personally i think i think it's man city Ooh. just because of the past couple of seasons how how close the games have been Ooh, the times are changing yeah so I mean, it's always good to beat man united though but they seem to park the bus <laughs> no no not anymore that's not, that's not what Ole's going to go for Ole's at the wheel everything will be all right um so as i say you've played over here for quite a lot of years you've not managed to play professionally in england yet i say yet because you're not so old that you can't do it yet okay but for now do you regret not playing over there no i don't i don't regret not playing over there because uh, i've never Never technically had a, a contract put in front of me to to sign, you know. I've not not really pursued it as well. I think I've just made the the most of my my switch over to to America. Do you know, I think having played with you for a year now, I think you definitely could do it. I really do, and it'd be nice to see you potentially do it one day. But you know, the motives are the motives, and if you don't want to do it and you settled, then that's what it is. But it's a shame because you'll miss out. For as much as I enjoy being in the MLS, there's certain times where you'll look at a series of games back home and things like this because you go to stadiums yourself. Yeah, and it's it's there's something there's there's just something about that like a, a league which has gone on for X amount of years, you know, which has the history behind it and playing against the club which has such and such. There's certain places you rock up to and you feel the energy there, even if it's completely empty. You know what I mean? And I think you you would love that. Yeah, no, but, I'd, I'd, I'm sure I would definitely. <laughs> but you know, it, it is what it is. But uh, yeah, also, so you're 31, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I remember this. Firstly, you told me just before, but I also remembered this. I didn't need to search it online because it was a year ago when you didn't invite me to your 30th birthday party. So when you weren't here, yeah. So I remember. <laughs> so I remember it. Uh, I remember it clear as day. Um, what? Do you reckon you're going to call... Oh, sorry, not what. Where do you reckon you're going to call home after you stop? Because now you're, you know, like I say, you've got Preston, North End, top one. Yeah. But you've got a slight American twang. Yeah. So, literally, where's home going to be for you? <laughs> England is always going to be home. Definitely. But where I, where I end up, I'll I'll end up living and staying in America. You reckon? Oh, why is that then? Just because I'm Americanized, I've spent my adulthood in in America. That's that's like that's so interesting because for me, I'm I'm the opposite of you. So I came over here obviously a lot later, and I've lived most of my life over that over in England. Mm-hmm. But I'm mean, really enjoying myself here. But it's just something where, for as good as this is, this could have been like a ten out of ten experience. Regardless, I'd still be going back to England. Yeah, I mean, I definitely get that. I understand that. You got that. That big mansion you're building back back in the outskirts of Bolton, right? Oh, God, don't, don't, don't get me started on that. Don't get me started. Nah, on that. but bigger than most pyramids, you know. Yeah, I think for me, I think the the game plan is to be on the the east coast. That's where my fiance is from. I think uh, somewhere on the east coast would be ideal. Therefore, with just one one um, long flight away from from Preston. 
It's one long <laughs> from breast. <laughs> okay. As opposed to two. <laughs> you see, since thinking you and I, we're, we're similar, but we're kind of like different stages of our life, which kind of changed our perspectives a little bit. Yeah. So I want to spend some time to des- describe like Salt Lake uh, to people, because a lot of people that say will be listening to me now from back home mm-hmm. know nothing about it in the same way that I knew next to nothing about it before I came. Same. Um, yeah. But I really love it, you know. There was a point yesterday when I was out at a splash park with the children. They were having a great time. And I realized, like, this is the best summer I've ever had in terms of weather. To the point where now if it drops to, I'm going to talk in English money here. If it drops to 30 <laughs> degrees, someone will be like, oh, it's a colder day today. Whereas back home, if it hits 30 degrees, it's the apocalypse. Yeah, You know what I mean? But it's changed the whole mindset. Like, summer is summer. Like, I'm having true four seasons here. And it's... it's pretty cool yeah but even after that like for um for where i'm at in my life this is something else which changes perspective like having the three children and all that stuff and having to find ways to entertain them i don't think i've been to a better place apart from no i don't think i've been to a better place on earth where there's so much stuff to do for families and children yeah which isn't something like i say it's not something i ever really thought about and then the opportunity came to come here and i came and like just through good fortune it's, it's incredible. How's it, what's it like for you being in your situation as a 31-year-old now, <laughs> recently engaged, soon to be married? No you know, kids yet. Yeah, no kids yet. No, it's good. I, like I say, I think, I think Salt Lake's a, a diamond in the rough. That's how I always describe it to people. Um, every every time my family or friends come and visit, they always they always leave here saying that they want to they move out here. So I don't think they're just saying that just to, to make me feel good about myself. I think they generally think there's... A lot of things to do here, and obviously you're always visiting the summertime. So, like I say, it is decent weather, and you know the, how the how the English love the weather. Oh, we love. We like it hot, but not too hot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> too hot, and the world ends. You know, just just about right. Yeah, it but it is very it's very beautiful as well out here. I think now that I've now that I've lived out here five and a half years, you kind of get used to your surroundings and and whatnot. But just with the with the mountains, not having that backdrop every day is incredible. Yeah. Is awesome. You tried to give me grief for this last year when I arrived at the training ground and I stepped outside to like take a picture or yeah. record a video. <laughs> oh, what are you doing, you tourist? <laughs> but like, just guys appreciate it. Like, you're in one of the most beautiful places in the world. Yeah, and we're doing what we do, like playing football, in with that as a backdrop. Like, yeah. that's incredible. No, it is. In, it, it is incredible. Like you say, I, I got all those like pictures out the way you can never first year in my first year you know (laughs) every so often you just have to well for me anyway i just i just look up and even though i've seen it consistently for a year now i'll be like tell you what this is this is special it's it's great there's so many like this is the most outdoors place i think i've I've ever been to in terms of people wanting to do things all the time from the mountain biking to the skiing in winter to the trails to just being outside like that's that's top class, especially considering the whole the the American stereotype. Yeah, um, is that it's either one way or the other. They're either super fit and drink kale smoothies, <laughs> or they're like the exact opposite and they stay indoors and eat hamburgers all day. Obviously, it's not it's not like that, but that's the perception from elsewhere around the world. But now I've come to a place where it's not really like either. But people just like to be outdoors and just do they're constantly doing yeah yeah the the utah person is a lot yeah a lot closer with the the whole wildlife and yeah. um 
everyone drives a Subaru here, which is like <laughs> ideal for the, the the rough winters here, but then also uh, the outback. So no, I do I do highly recommend um, anyone coming from anyone coming from England that's going probably to the west coast to LA or whatever to take a little trip through yeah through to Utah. Listen, you can recommend it all you want, but it's probably not going to happen. No, but then also we have like. We have the the national parks as well here, not incredible. too far away. Again, incredible. But unfortunately, the I think outside of America, most people they know about the coasts, they know about New York, they know about LA's, yeah, the outskirts. Yeah, yep. but the rest of it, it's, you know, it's well worth exploring. I think if people do get the chance to come and see it, they should because this is one of those places where when I was looking to come to uh, play in MLS, someone said they didn't speak to this club because they didn't think I'd like to come here because it's a bit something or whatever. Okay, and I was like, well. After a game, I was like, well, no, it's actually really, really cool. And I'd recommend <laughs> it to absolutely anyone. But yeah. possession, people people just don't know. They just think everyone wants the the lights and all this stuff. But no, nah, I just, I just want to feel safe and feel happy and be surrounded by good people. And, you know, I think I found that. So uh, I'm not going to keep you for, like, incredible amount of time longer. But I just want to talk about what it's like to play for RSL, what it's like for me, and say, like, what it's like for you. Because for me it's different to how it was for me back in England. Say the way that the stadium is. The stadium is, in terms of size is very similar to the stadium I was at uh, at Queen's Park Rangers mm-hmm. in uh, back in England. But it's a place where it's a lot easier for me to take my children because yeah. there's a stronger family <laughs> atmosphere. Big time. Whereas, say, in London, we were known um, when things went well for it being so hostile that you made sure the opponents knew exactly what was going on from the moment they stepped into the venue which I also loved. But then at this stage of my career where I have children, they can actually see my career more and I feel good about it. And that's so, so different. And I don't think you have many of those back in England. For as much as you can have a family section, the fact is the crowd are usually like, they're quite... Yeah. Yeah. 100%. And that's that's cool. That's cool. And I'm glad that I've experienced it. But then now, at the age that I'm at, and with the kids that I have, it's nice to just say, oh, just come, take your blankets, do whatever. Yeah, it's I still, mean, <laughs> that thing can still be good, but you know what I mean. Yeah, and you wonder why the league gets the rep, the retirement league, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Here's me coming over all. They're like, yeah, kids, come on, this is this is good fun. But I like um, as well being over here. I like the overall, like the players that we have, because I think again, people just draw up their own ideas about what the league's like and what the players are like before they come over. But there are a lot of good players here, and I've played with players here and elsewhere who could easily play. Else, like in the other major leagues around the world, right? They might never do so, but they could easily do it. But the perception from outside, especially when people only see highlights, is like every time there's a mistake that gets made in a league, that's what gets shared on social media. Unless it comes, unless there's a goal that's scored by one of the big stars, which then gets passed around social media. There are a lot of. It's almost like there's a forgotten generation of really good players, yeah, who might never get out, but good enough to be spoken about and to be viewed. But it doesn't really happen. And even here, as I say, there are a lot of players who I think are really good players and we're all training in a top facility. A facility which is better than the last one I was at, even though that was one which I was using in the Premier League. And the people, like just around the workplace, it feels like it's a good place to work in terms of people wanting to pull in the same direction. Yeah, definitely. There's, for me, I think, because I never played, never played back home, I never really got that that true feeling what it's like to be a, a footballer mm. call myself a soccer player <laughs> <laughs> yeah I could never do that you know, you know? <laughs> I could never but um, yeah I I think it's it, it is a little daunting um, 
the thought of playing back in England, at least it was when I was when I was first coming um, through the ranks um, out here, just because of when there were um, times that I did go on trial back home. I didn't go on many trials, but I went on one or two here. And I was a young age, still a teenager, and I felt like there was this this um, not pressure, but like I felt like an outcast. Whereas when I was coming to this team, U14s, Preston, they already had a team. Yeah. The players weren't welcoming to me because they know that oh this guy's coming for like my spot or whatever. Yeah. So they ed- edged me out from like a young age and um, like from the first day, and I never once felt like comfortable any time that I would I would go on trial or whatever. And I think that's what that's where I was like oh no, I'm I'm happy staying with my Sunny League team or whatever. So I think um, I think that's changed over the years now. I think back in the day it used to be a lot more, definitely a lot more brutal. And, and scary to go on trial and, and you know just try try a different city try a different a different club I think nowadays also in the MLS it's easier with for players to move around from team to team mm-hmm. and it's not such a not such a hostile environment people are more welcoming and the people that work for your organization are going to make it as easy as possible for you to make you feel at home as soon as possible so they can get the best out of you from day one yeah definitely and I think that's what I think that's what um, that's why I've I've enjoyed it here. From every team that I've played for, it's um, it's been a, a step up for me going from the USL to the NSL to the MLS. And obviously, I've been here for a few years now, so I'm, I'm, I am comfortable here. But I'm I'm also just grateful for everyone that we we've we've had on the team throughout the years. But then also everyone that's that are, that's at RSL that makes our day to day day to day life enjoyable. Yeah, the, the club itself, as I say, I've, I've loved being here and that's essentially come from the people, whether it's the fans or the staff or the players and stuff like that. And it also gives me the chance to go around America or go around the States, go to places which I might never go to otherwise and experiencing them, playing in different arenas and it keeps you on your toes because I was getting to a point where I knew the ins and outs of all the players and leagues and teams that I was playing, that was part of the game in England. And now you come here, and now the players are coming up against you. Coming up against you, you don't know what their strengths are. Yeah. You don't know what that arena's like. So you almost like you go back. It's like a second, second start to your career again, having to show people what you're about, and you know, learn what is required to be successful in a place instead of just knowing it straight off the bat and almost becoming automatic. Um, and also, it's another place where I've been lucky enough to be selected to try and make a difference, and that's to with the younger players with certain older players and you bring a different perspective and I think it's those perspectives that hopefully further down the line will lead to us being successful yeah. but speaking of success let's have some fun you ready? yes I'm going to hit you some trivia I'm going to hit you some would you rathers and then I'm going to name your nonsense five a side team yeah okay no, not usually good at trivia no that's alright this this trivia might not be for you to get it might just be for you to, to learn about mm. um, I'm always about learning so you're a big Liverpool fan um, red or dead never yeah well Big Liverpool fan. You've never played in England, but you've got two options. Okay. Your first option is to continue playing in the United States for the next, say, five years okay. and win a trophy every year, whether it's Supporters Shield, US Open Cup, or the MLS Cup. Okay. Or you go to Liverpool and play for one year, have to retire, and you win nothing. How does my season go? <laughs> well, for Liverpool itself. Yeah, they win nothing. No. So the season's not a great season. You might have done well, but you don't. You win nothing, and this is a side that wins things. 
Do I score? You can score. Listen, you can score in front of the cup. You can score in front of the cup, all that stuff. But the season <sighs> finishes and you win nothing. This is the year after you've won the cha- after they've won the Champions League and they win nothing. Yeah, it's a tough one, isn't it? <laughs> What's your call? What's your play? Uh, for me, my call on that one is is to play for another five years. Oh, love you, that. Yeah, you love know why? That. Just because. Correct answer. Just because it's like you say. You only get to play, you only get to have one career and you want to play for as long as possible. And there's going to come a day where you, you're looking back on it like that, that went quick or whatever. So as good as the memories could be and how proud you could be for playing at one year at Anfield. Like for me, I, I want to stretch, stretch this out as long as I can and yeah, um, play as many games as possible. Cool. Any players who you've seen across the years who you'd le- least like to play against? That I've seen, like he, the, when you've played with or what you've seen on TV. Okay. <sighs> in the MLS, anywhere. Obviously, I mentioned that Giovinco, but when we went head to head, no problem. Yeah, he bossed him. Henri scored against us when he came to Salt Lake, so kudos to him. But like I say, he still was he was, he was just playing with his cigar in his mouth. Uh-huh. He was at that point of his career. Robbie Keane was. Was st- still a bright spark. Um, it was super cool for me to play against Steven Gerrard as well, a few times. But then also in the in the, um, back in Europe, certain players obviously it's got to be Messi's a nightmare. Yeah, Suarez, well, I think he's yeah he's up there as well. He's a handful. Yeah, he's ended me a couple of times. <laughs> yeah, for me it'd be Messi. I just can't deal with little players. They're just geniuses. It's just you can't yeah. impart your will on them in any way, shape, or form. So yeah, I'm sure um, Eden Hazard as well. When yeah, he was at Chelsea in the Prem, he I think he was yeah, inc- incredible and just so hard to get the ball off of how small he is. He's so yeah. strong and he's, um, and obviously you could probably just say the entire Man City team as well. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, would you rather see England win the World Cup okay. or Liverpool win the Premier League? Oh, the prefer to see England really yeah oh, okay okay it's, it's funny you say that because I feel like back in England although people want England to do well their club team is their first thing because they're yeah, so passionate about club the before area. country yeah, I I get that but like for my whole family I, I know that they, every World Cup that comes around they, they get so behind it I think the last World Cup how how united the country was yeah. just with, from a little bit of success it's coming you on. know like I can't imagine what that would do just for the country as a whole and how long that would last for versus if Liverpool to were if Liverpool had won the premiership last season it it it'd be old news now there's a new campaign started okay. whereas world cup winners you have bragging rights for four years it's not happened since 66 and like I say everyone's a, everyone's an England fan when when, when the World Cup, World Cup comes around. When the World Cup comes around and they're winning before they turn into... Well, we'll talk about that. Um, so, let me hit you some trivia now, yeah? This is all Premier League. Yeah. I'll ask you a question. If you don't know the answer, I'll give you the answer. Okay. We're just interested <laughs> in little nuggets, yeah? So, the Premier League started in 1992, yes? Yes. Uh, and Manchester United have won the most amount of titles. Correct. How many titles have they won? They have won 12. 13. <sighs> How many teams have won the Premier League? 13. Six. Six teams have won the Premier League. Can you name them? Yeah. Go on then. Name me the six. Manchester United, Arsenal, Chelsea, Manchester City, 
Leicester. Six one. Blackburn Rovers. Blackburn Rovers. That is correct. Well, Blackburn. Friend. That is correct. And uh, do you remember the last time Man United won a ti- won the Premier League? Yeah, Sir Alex Ferguson's last year. So which year was that? About six years ago. Yeah, twenty twelve, twenty thirteen. Yeah. Um, and who do you think one more? Oh, Hmm. Would you know? Yeah, you get this. Chelsea, Man City, Arsenal. Yeah, that's not been given to you in any particular order. Okay, but who's won five? Who's won four? Who's won three? Man City's won three. Go on, keep going. Chelsea won four. Arsenal five. Uh-uh. I, I said it. <laughs> it's funny. I actually <laughs> I gave the game up in the way that I said it, but I tried to style it out. Chelsea have won five. Man City have won four. Arsenal have won three. Which is, I thought Arsenal would have won more to be yeah. honest. But I think they kicked in. Arsenal just. Won the FA Cup like all the time. For yeah, fun, that's true. That's, that's where it gets confusing. That's true. Uh, two, I hit you with two more bits of trivia, which I don't think you'll know the answer to. Okay. And then uh, I just want to say <laughs> thanks for being a legend. Um, so there've been three players in the history of the Premier League to have scored, assisted, and scored an own goal in the same game. Can you give me any of them? I can give you years if you need them. Jamie Carragher. No, it's definitely not him. All right. So they've scored, they've assisted, and own goal. In the yeah, same game. In the same game. A couple of massive names have done it. Richard Dunn. No. <laughs> Not quite that big. No one's as big as Richard Dunn. Ryan Giggs. Nah. Give me, can you give me a uh, club that they played for? Well, one's in the MLS now. Rooney? Wayne Rooney. Okay. Against Stoke in 2012. Can you give me another club? <laughs> uh, one's playing in Spain right now. Gareth Bale? Against Liverpool in 2012. Really? And the other one was Kevin Davis against Aston Villa in 2008. Kevin Davis. And can you tell me the player who's recently retired who has played in five Champions League finals and lost four of them? Mm. When was the last Champions League final he played in? Probably going to say maybe three years ago. Okay. No. Join a blank. Patrice Severa. I looked at the list of the people who've lost the most amount of Champions Leagues and I thought it'd be like a shame list, but it's actually like really good players. Yeah. Because they've made it to X amount of Champions League finals. Um, but yeah. yeah I was never going to get that, was it? No, you weren't going to get that. It was, it was, it was staged. Um, can you give me your five-a-side team? Ultimate I can. Team? I'm glad you asked, actually, because I've been working on it all night. Go on, then. Show me. You'll be surprised. I think you'll be surprised. Well, listen, surprise me all you, you want. You want me to start from from the back to the front? Whatever you want. Whatever. Do I need to it. explain my reason, or can I just name the guys? Um, and then you decide. The, listen, the listeners will decide. Okay. Goalkeeper, Peter Schmeichel. Defender, Virgil van Dijk. Midfielder, Zinedine Zidane. Okay. Two forwards, Lionel Messi, uh-huh. Fat Ronaldo. <laughs> you have some manners. It's not Fat Ronaldo. That's <laughs> the Ronaldo. The Ronaldo. The Ronaldo. So actually, the reason why Ronaldo was the first one on my sheet was because I loved him as a kid. My, he was the first footballer that I bought my own my own football shirt with my own money. Yeah, to be fair, I think Brazil I shirt, Ronaldo. Yeah, I think I, still, still too big for me now. I got it way too big. Was it the like France '98 blue one or? No, I got the the yellow, yellow right. Brazil. Yeah. Well, Mr. Mohan, thank you very much for coming in. Um, I've, I've enjoyed that. I've enjoyed that. Thanks for wearing that Preston shirt to put me off for the whole show. No, thanks for having me. No, that's no, fine. You'll you'll come in again, and we can uh, we can have a bit more fun next time because this one's a bit more serious because people don't quite know who you are back home. So what then to get a feel yeah, for who you are? This first. is part one. This is part one. Yeah, maybe part two, part three, part four to come, unless we get cancelled. Who knows? Yeah, but, I'll, I'll call you. You don't call me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the one. That's the one. But yeah, thanks for coming in, and uh, I'd also like to say thank you to producer Ryan and. Uh, Mountain Air Studios Draper Utah for providing us with the space it's incredible yet again and thanks to the listeners you guys are literally keeping us going so hopefully you can 
keep growing enjoying the content and if you have any issues please leave us a voice memo at rsldigital.com or reach out to rsl on all major social media platforms and until next time thank you cheers <laughs>